0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinogo. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Micah Brower is the coolest. Who else can do that little thumbs up at the end? So smooth. Good job, Cassie. And Steve. And Steve. All right. <clears throat> Somebody tell me what... I mean, it's like a dead giveaway. But someone tell me what our series is called. Lost and Found. found. Somebody tell me what chapter of the Bible we're in. Luke 15. Good job. All right. Well, hey, I want to set the stage just in case you forgot what's happening in Luke 15. So at the beginning of the chapter, it tells us exactly what Jesus was doing and who he was with. Okay? It says that Jesus was gathered around sinners, and tax collectors. So people that everyone was like, hmm, too. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the law really angry. So they're going to throw up on the screen, Luke fifteen one through 2, just so you're, I'm telling the truth. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing he- near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So in Luke 15, The big problem that the Pharisees and teachers of the law have with Jesus is that he's eating with people that they don't think are good enough, right? These sinners and tax collectors, bad people. Um, So it circles around this idea of Jesus being at a table with people, and that's why we have this table here in front of the stage throughout this series, to remind ourselves that what we're reading and studying is all about who Jesus decides to um, sit around a table with, okay? So... We learned about the last sheep last week from Drake, and tonight we're learning about the lost coin. So, I need to know has anyone in here ever lost anything valuable? You can like yell it at me. You don't have to raise your hand. What is it? What have you lost? Dollars? Octavia?
1: $500.
0: $500. Yikes. What else? Anyone like lost car keys? I lost my car keys the other day. Your phone. Octavia did something where she had to call the police. <laughs> I didn't hear what she said. I lost my keys. Your keys. Yeah. Well, my friend Melissa Mackey's in here somewhere. Melissa, where are you at? She has lost something, and I wanted her to come and tell the story for y'all. So everyone, clap for Melissa Mackey. Give it up. Very bright. Uh, to what? Follow her on Twitter. Melissa has a Twitter now. All right, Melissa, tell them what you lost and what, like, ended up happening. Okay, so
1: I... God, I cannot. I don't like these lights. (laughs) Just close your eyes. I lose things often. And I have the mindset of, oh, it'll turn up. It's fine. It'll turn up. So I had lost my wedding ring. So I have um, a daughter over there. And she was about, I'd say, one and a half or so. And the boys were really small, too. And she had this habit of hiding my rings, and then, then she would go find them and bring them to me and be like, oh, I found your ring. And so she, she hid my wedding ring, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and for, like, several months it was gone, and I kept thinking, it'll turn up, it'll turn up, it'll turn up. And I finally was like, it's not turning up. Like, where's my wedding ring? And Scott had gotten to the point of, like, I've got to buy you a new ring because people think, you know, we're, we're divorced or something, you don't have your ring on ever, and so I bought me a ring at Claire's for $10, because I just was like, I this is the ring that you bought me when you had nothing, and it, like, it meant everything to me, and I was like, I have to have it, and so she would, we would have days of like, go find mommy's ring, go find mommy's ring, and they would never find it, and she would come and be like, I found my plastic star ring, I'm like, no, I need my, you know, my wedding ring, so finally, our small group was down, and I was like, okay. And this is really sad, but I was, like, desperate. I was like, okay, we really need to pray about this because... And I felt like, okay, is this really silly for me to pray about my wedding ring? And, like, so we prayed about it that night. And lo and behold, the next week, I opened my junk drawer. Here's another little thing you need to know about me. I have a problem with leaving cabinet doors open and drawers open about that wide. So that's... You'll go in my house 90% of the time, my cabinet doors are open, and I have drawers open about that wide. And she had slipped it in there and the junk drawer of the kitchen, and I had looked in there a million times, and I was like, because I I thought she didn't put it in there, and it was stuck way in the back, and I found it, and hallelujah, was there. And hallelujah,
0: was (laughs) there. Yay! Nice. Everyone give it up for Melissa Matthews. All right. Anyone lost their wedding ring? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm 17, but yeah. All right. Well... Our text for tonight is just a few short verses, but just like Melissa lost something that was valuable to her, Jesus tells this parable. He's telling it to the Pharisees and the tax collectors and the teachers of the law. And it's like three little short stories. And the story he tells is about a woman who loses something valuable. So we're going to read those short verses starting in eight. Jesus is continuing. His thought, he says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. All right. All right. So I love what Melissa said, because she didn't just say that she was sad losing her ring just because it looked nice on her finger, but that it actually meant something to her, okay? Scott got it for her when he didn't have a lot of money, and it was a symbol of his commitment to her, right? And so she was devastated when it was lost, when Bridget decided to hide it. And so she loses something valuable. I don't know if you're like me, And you hear the story of the woman who has 10 coins and loses one, and you're thinking, okay, what is that, like a quarter? Anyone else thinking that when they hear it? No, just me, cool. Well, I always thought it was a quarter, because I don't know about you, but when I clean my car out, I always find like loose change, like I think I could have made my way through college just on my loose change that I found. But actually, in the story, it's not a quarter that she loses, it's a fancy Greek word that I probably pronounced wrong, drachma, right? Is good? Good. And it actually is worth a whole day's wage. So this woman literally when she loses this coin is losing a whole day's worth of work. So this coin was valuable to her. But I know we're not a culture that like, no one's like paying for things and change usually anymore. We're all about that cash money. So I took to the internet and I was like, what is a day's wage here in America? So I looked and the average day's wage for an American citizen who works a full-time job is not 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. It is $212. Would you be upset if you lost $212? Yeah. Take it now. Either. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to attack me. It's all fake. It's all fake. $212. Imagine losing $212. Like, what do you do with money? You like feed yourself, clothe yourself, take care of yourself with money, right? So the worth of this lost coin was more than just losing like a penny under your seat. This story that Jesus is telling is to be significant to the hearers. They would know like that's, that's worth something. That is valuable, But if you were here last week, you know that last week we didn't just talk about some farm animals and the guy who takes care of them, right? We're actually talking about Jesus and people as the sheep. And so tonight, I know you're already there because you guys are such scholars. You're so smart. And you know we're not just talking about coins, but we're actually talking about people. So Jesus tells this story about a woman who loses a valuable coin. And the teachers of the law are hearing this. And I want you to hear this, that when he's talking about the lost coin, he's actually talking about lost people. And what the Pharisees and tax collectors aren't understanding, that's why he's telling them these stories, is that these people that Jesus decides to sit around the table with are those lost people, the people that he believes are valuable, okay? So forget about the, the worth of this lost coin. Let's think about the worth of people. If, if you don't believe me, I'm sorry. I'm going to take you all through the Bible and tell you. But I think the Bible has said numerous times how valuable a person is, starting all the way in Genesis. Genesis 1.27 says what? Anyone know off the top of their head? talks about God creating mankind in his image, in his image he created, male and female. So how are you going to say God doesn't think his own image bearers are valuable? They are, Right? Uh, Continuing in the scriptures, Psalm 139, it's a famous psalm, you know, talks about we are fearfully and wonderfully created. Romans 5 talks about while we were at our worst, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and that is what love looks like. So we are loved. We are called children of God. We are called heirs. We are called sons and daughters. Colossians says that we are holy, chosen, beloved. Those aren't just like little penny penny pincher uh, names that he gives us, like nice, kind, sweet. Those are like substantial things that the God of the universe says about his people. And so I think what Jesus is doing when he's talking about this woman who loses a valuable coin, he's saying, hello, these people that you guys are shutting out, that you are not welcoming in your communities, these tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners, okay, they are valuable to me and I'm gonna spend my time sitting with them. But he also doesn't just say, like, I'm just going to go find the lost coin. He makes a point to talk about the woman, how she lights a lamp and she sweeps her whole house. She diligently looks for the coin. Back then they probably had floors that were made of dirt. And so I'm imagining as Melissa is like telling the kids, hey, let's look through the house for my ring, they're like throwing everything around. And I just picture like if this were a real story, this woman would be moving every inch of dust in her house to find this coin because it was that valuable for, valuable for her. And so I wonder if Jesus isn't using this image of this woman diligently looking for a coin to talk about how diligently he is going to look for us, how diligently he is going to obey the Father and what he came to do to defeat sin and death once and for all. And I wonder if he's not telling us that we're to diligently do that as well. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him what the most valuable thing you own is. Think about it, like something you actually own. Not your house, you don't own your house. Not your car. You don't own your car. What is the most valuable thing you own? What? Hello? You don't own her. (laughs) All right. What did you guys say? Abby said pillow. (laughs) Pillow. That's okay. Uh, Libby, you said your sister's baby bracelet. Very cute. What did you guys say over here? What's the most valuable thing you own? Your diary. Careful. What did you guys say? Hair products? E.T.? Yeah. 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 All right, yes, Raven, I was like, I can't really see back there. Soap? Soap? You're joking. How much do you spend on soap? (laughs) A lot. Don't use Raven's soap when you go to her house. (laughs) It's $212 worth. All right, so you all said something that you own that's valuable. Imagine if you actually looked, one, at yourself. I know I don't do this, as that valuable, and sometimes I for sure don't look at other people as that valuable. But when, whatever it is, soap, a pillow, hair products, a baby, bl- bracelet, not blanket. But imagine if you saw other people as that valuable all the time. It's sometimes hard, right? Like, are there sometimes people where you guys are like the Pharisees, and ta- or not tax collectors, Pharisees and teachers of the law, and you're like, well, it's those people. Or it's that person right? You don't see their inherent value. But I think, like, Jesus, it, it's recorded for a reason. Luke records it for a reason. One, because this whole gospel is about outcasting people and bringing value to them. But I think it's not only for the Pharisees and teachers of the law to remind us how valuable other people are, and not just because, like, you're so awesome and kind, but because they're literally created in the image of God and his children. So Jesus... This woman diligently looks for him. And then like the weirdest thing happens, okay? So it's a parable. We should flesh out what a parable is maybe. A parable literally means to throw alongside something. So think of Jesus telling a truth and he throws alongside a story to, to make it make sense to the people he's telling it to. Sometimes, sometimes it confuses them. But one of, one of the things that people say parables are like in the Christian community, I suppose, is where it comes from, is that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You guys can keep that in your minds, right? An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So I think this is where the story kind of gets weird at first, at first, because I'm like, okay, so when she finds it, she calls her neighbors and says, rejoice, I found my lost coin. I wonder if she like makes food and invites them over, you know, all the good things that parties have. And then it turns into... The heavenly meaning, right? Where it says, yeah, this is what happens in heaven when lost people are found. Okay? A party breaks out. What do you think a party in heaven looks like? Don't answer it. Just think. I could think of like a million things. There are some things I've been to, like Jesus Jam, and when we're like all singing together that I think that's probably a little bit what a party looks like. I love what it says in Revelation 19. Okay, Revelation is a revelation to John. And this is what he sees in heaven. He says in verse 6, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride, the church, has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, and he goes on and on to describe this amazing banquet that's going to happen in heaven when the new earth and the new heaven come. And so I wonder, in your own story, you you heard Melissa, she was like, yes, we found it. I don't know if you had a party with your life group, I hope you did, because I prayed for that, you know. But you heard Melissa, she was overjoyed. She shared with me a couple of days ago or yesterday that she was like crying because she missed her ring so much. So I know she was happy. You know, the woman was like, neighbors, let's party. I found my coin. I found $212. Now I'm going to buy you all punch. And I think because you guys are dedicated to come here every Wednesday and be in D groups and stuff, that you guys have a story too, where you have gotten to rejoice because you were once lost, but now found. And now you get to see how heaven reacts when lost people are found. There's always joy when lost things are found, right? And so I wonder if our commission, command, job, whatever word you want to use, responsibility, isn't to go and be like, that's those people over there. Someone else will take care of them. But if it's not to see the worth in people and invite them to sit at the table that you already get to sit at. I mean, think about it. When you decided to follow Jesus, when you decided that he was going to have complete and control of your life, when you, here's the big R word, repented, which I know gets thrown around a lot, but let's use it as simple as can be. It's when you get control. I can't even talk. Total control to Jesus (laughs) that you experienced joy, right? You know what it's like to sit at the table. And so I wonder if Jesus isn't telling this story immediately to the people that he was surrounded, but also has it written down in scripture so that we can do the same thing and go and invite people because heaven's waiting for a party to happen when lost people are returned to God. So here's what I want to do. I think the text makes it very clear that what you should know tonight is that heaven rejoices when lost people are found. And the RSVP to this party, if you'll let me be a little cheesy here with the party thing, I think the RSVP is repentance. We've experienced it, we've repented. Everyone stand up, you look a little tired. Stand up, hurry, quick, 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 stand up. I did this exercise with sixth grade boys so I know you all can handle it, okay? Start walking this way in place. Okay, This is you, right? Don't leave. Just stay in place. Remember, you're walking this way. You're living your life for you. It's all about Peyton. Whatever Peyton wants. It's all about me. Stop. And then there's a moment that I'm like, you heard Micah. There's a moment that that stuff lets you down, right? It doesn't keep lasting forever. My own selfish, oh, this makes me happy, doesn't last forever. And that was the moment that I had D-group leaders tell me about the gospel for the first time. And they said, look what's happening when you walk this way. And I was like, that's a lot better, I think. So I turned, turn with me. I left that life, walked 180 degrees, and kept going. Can you guys remember that as repentance? Simple. You're going this way, you turn 180 degrees, you leave that life. Sit down, sit down. So I think if I were to ask the text, how do I get invited to this party? How do I invite other people to this party? I think the RSVP is repenting, saying that myself being the God of my life, it's a big letdown, and letting Jesus be the Lord and Savior of my life is the best thing, the only thing I can do. And telling people about that. So heaven can rejoice, so we can rejoice. Because there's always joy when lost things are found. I want to close by doing this. I want you to close your hands like you did last week. Close your hands. Close your eyes, put your hands out. And I want to pray some parts of Psalm 51 where David is repenting when he is confronted with his sin with Bathsheba. I want to pray that over us. And send us out. Have mercy on us, God. According to your unfailing love and your great compassion, blot out our transgressions. We know our transgressions and our sin is always before us. It's against you and you only that we've sinned and done what's evil in your sight. So you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. But let us hear joy and gladness and let our bones rejoice. Create in us pure hearts and renew our spirit within us. Don't cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit. But restore to us the joy of our own salvation so that we can tell other people, other lost people, to turn back to you. Open our lips, Lord, and send us out and we will declare your praise. Open your eyes. I had a professor... In college, his name is Mark Scott. He's hilarious. And when he was teaching through this parable in class, he said, Man, I'm sure glad the God in heaven throws parties for lost people. Because one day, a long time ago, the God in heaven threw a party for me. Mine, (laughs) good picture, March 22nd, 2009. Oh, that was. There it is. So here's what I want you to do. If you haven't set your alarm for 7.15 and 7 a.m. and p.m., I want you to do it because I want you to take it seriously. If you come to grasp the good spot you have at the table, you're not going to want to sit there alone for very long. So go use your story of how you turned to have Jesus as your Lord, and invite other people to sit with you. Because the crazy thing is that literally all of heaven rejoices when lost people are found. I'm going to pray. And then what we're going to do is the band's going to come up. We're going to sing a song. And during the song, we're going to do communion. My friend Spencer Lortz, wherever you are. There you are. I see your white hoodie. Is going to come up and pray for our communion. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are and who we are in you. God, remind us of our worth and the worth of the people that you have created, the people that we get to see day to day in our jobs and in our schools and in our homes. God, I pray that you would teach us how to tell the story of our salvation, of how we came to be found after we were lost so that we can invite other people to the table. It's crazy that heaven rejoices over us but we're grateful that one day we're going to get to be a part of that rejoicing when all things are found all things are made new and all things are restored it's in your name i pray amen thanks again for checking out this podcast we hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in jesus and encourages you to help others do the same For more resources or to learn about Christchurch in general, visit us online at cco.church.